0: It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live news and views. Here's Michelle. Thanks for joining in today. The news cycle is almost scary. We have Russia invading the Ukraine. We have civilians, uh, sites of civilians covered in blood. We have uh, still a pandemic that we're dealing with and even governments and free Western nations that are cracking down on the assembly of people just coming together to protest, seizing bank accounts, vowing to ruin them, taking their businesses. Every day it seems as though the world is going crazy, maybe to hell in a handbasket. And often what we have in response is the idea of, well, thoughts and prayers could the nations use your thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers almost seem like a cop out just something to say to make you feel good when the world is going crazy is it effective do we even need it anymore what's it really all about and we're going to do it with doug giles the author of psalms of war prayers that literally kick ass he's the editor of clashdaily.com co-host of Warriors and Wildman, the podcast. He's an artist, a great communicator, and he is my guest today. Doug, thanks for hanging out with me.
1: Michelle, what's going on, sister?
0: Good to have you. Great backdrop. I like that. It's probably the most creative backdrop I have ever had.
1: I actually killed that lion and everything else in here. That thing uh, came to charge me and uh, I shot it on a full charge, probably, I don't know, 30 feet in front of me. I mean, he's coming asses and elbows, tooth, fang, and claw, and just boom, boom. It was hectic.
0: That's quite an adventure. Where were you?
1: Yeah. Uh, we were right on the Botswana border in South Africa.
0: Were you saying a few prayers at the time, speaking
1: of? Man, What's on those things, you just got to rely that angels are watching. Jesus has other things for me to do in life. <laughs> and the compression of sound, the noise that cat made was just absolutely terrifying, and we couldn't see him because he's in super thick brush and then when he popped out oh my god michelle i wouldn't wish what we went through on anybody because it was jacked up six ways
0: yeah and there you are we get in those situations in life where we're out of the norm. Something's charging us and it may not, God forbid it's a lion, but it seems like life is charging us. They say there's no atheists in a foxhole, that sooner or later somewhere in your life you're saying, God, if you're there, help. Me. Truly, the idea of thoughts and prayers has really come under fire as of late. I wanted to play just a few compilations from the media saying, you know what, we don't need thoughts and prayers. We need action. But could it be that there that thoughts and prayers are action? Let's take a listen.
1: And elected officials
0: saying we need to send our thoughts and prayers to the families, to the victims, but then not proposing. Any action. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers didn't stop a troubled person from buying assault grade weapons. Thoughts and prayers are not going to stop the next mass shooting. We've heard a lot of that. Thoughts and prayers, come on. It's just lip service. We need action. Why do we pray? Is it just uh, like putting on a mask in a pandemic? It just makes us feel better. It's not really going to do a whole lot.
1: Obviously, it's a glorious talking point for those leftist that you just (laughs) played the clips because they're actionable items. And I believe that was on the the school shooting that happened around San Antonio is that anytime that they see some kind of disaster, they look at that as something that they can make policy over and go and do a little gun grabbing on semi-automatic weapons with extended magazines. My thoughts and prayers would, or my actionable items, Michelle would be instead of let's ban weapons are bad. My actionable items would be, as a conservative, and this guy who loves the Constitution, Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, and has common sense, and I'm God's special boy, is to make certain that every church, every school, any kind of place where there's mass gathering, is not that there's less guns, but there's more guns in the hands of good guys. Because my dreamy headline, Michelle, when I wake up and turn on the my laptop that Al Gore invented, And I love going to articles, Michelle, where it says, today, the good girl lived and the bad guy that attacked her, he died. And she double tapped the center mass of that jackass. But anyway, that's my actionable item. But the whole aspect of just thoughts and prayers, I don't know what the thoughts are. I don't know if I can convey my thought to Michelle. Do you feel my thoughts coming at you? Oh,
0: I'm not picking it up sorry.
1: (laughs) I don't know what that, I'm a simple man. I was raised in West Texas and uh, I'm an old uh, goofy redneck who went to public school. So I don't know what the the conveyance of thoughts means. I do know what prayers mean. And when I talk about uh, prayer being an actionable item, it's not we just pray. What do you mean just pray? That means we just use the tomahawk missile or we just use the 44 magnum or we just use a 600 Nitro Express, that's not just a little thing. And it's not something that is, it's not really powerful. Christ says that it binds and loosens things on earth. It shuts Satan down. David said that his prayers would crush the teeth of the enemy. His prayers would turn evil people and their machinations, and they're tied to El Diablo. He said, God would turn them into snail slime. So it's not just praying, it's utilizing a massive weapon of spiritual war. And if people don't think we're in a spiritual war right now, Michelle, they're freaking nuttier than a squirrel turd. Just like you said in the introduction, you look at the, the international geopolitical cluster, you know what, that we're facing right here and right now. And these people are like, what do we do? You better get your ass to praying and praying uh, biblically because there's some bad Mama Jambas right now that are hoping to destroy the United States of America and turn it into frickin' Caracas. And if yeah. you don't think El Diablo's behind that, again, like I said, you're not earning a squirrel turn.
0: Here we are, the last free bastion of freedom. And as we talk about prayers, you are talking about some kick ass prayers, literally, in the Bible that deal with evil nations evil people, as you alluded to, evil leaders, even from the church, and even the evil that can be within us. So while maybe we need to turn the tables a little bit, Doug, when we hear people say, I don't need your thoughts and prayers. I need actions. And we're saying we want gun control. It's not a gun issue. It's an evil issue. It's a people are getting out of control issue. It's a people are feeling like they can just go in somewhere and kill people. We're fighting evil outright evil, right. and the the evil that keeps growing in this world. So instead of just uh, putting a band-aid on it and taking guns away from people, how about really getting to the root of the problem? And that would seem, if prayer truly is effective, the natural way to go.
1: Yeah, I think it's not a either-or uh, situation. I think it's a both-and. We confront evil people. We don't just pray about it. We actually do it. We seal off a border if it's being invaded, like our Texas border is right now, by 4 million people. God only knows what their intents are. And uh, they're being utilized and trafficked by drug cartel. And uh, Chinese is pouring fentanyl through the border. So instead of me just being some kind of dipstick little Christian author and just say, we just pray about it. So now we do both. We get Abbott, hopefully out of office, and get Lieutenant Colonel Alan West as governor, and we seal the frickin' border. But in the meantime, in between time, we have this massive volley of uh, spiritual uh, armaments called the imprecatory psalms that in my book, Psalms of War, Prayers That Literally Kick Ass, I show 28 different imprecatory psalms. And for those who aren't hip to what imprecatory psalms mean, it's a malediction. It's a curse. Okay. I know you probably didn't learn that in youth group or at Sunday school, but these are prayers that, again, that literally kick ass and they're sown, Michelle. This is so weird because I don't know if you go to a church on a regular basis, but I've been a Christian for nearly 40 years. And when we moved from Miami, we were looking for a church here in the Austin area. And we'd go to the churches and they are just They're so nice, you had pastors, hipster pastors with skinny jeans, big screens, and smoke machines. And I never heard them talk about the imprecatory Psalms. And I'm like, our nation is going through a flipping meat grinder right now, okay? We are being attacked from every sector. If you love God, and if you love the way that this uh, country uh, was founded and framed, and you dig the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence, how the hell is a Christian how can they just sit there, Michelle, and not even mention the hijacking of this nation by nefarious forces? Just you know, spiritual forces of wickedness, principalities and powers, and Satan's stupid henchmen that are fueling this hijacking of a nation, by the way, that was founded with biblical infrastructure, of which everybody loves to poo-poo our nation, especially in the United States of liberal acrimony. But 97% of the benevolence that goes through this planet comes from this nation. And China, Russia, Iran, and all kinds of Soros-like players, all the way down to stupid AOC, they want to gut the United States of America. And I go to churches, uh, Michelle, and they don't even mention any of this stuff. And their prayers are just stupid little prayers. They don't mention that they shut their church down for two years because Mayor McCheese told them to. And so I'm sitting there looking at these, like I said, these intergalactic, gargantuan, Gibraltar-like problems, and they're not addressing it. They're not praying against it. They're not whipping out the Psalms of war and letting them have it. It's like these prayers, Michelle, don't even exist.
0: Maybe we don't believe in prayer anymore. Maybe we just think it's just being thrown up into heaven. It's just a good thought. Maybe that's why we go to thoughts and prayers. Instead, in your book, you talk about David. It wasn't thoughts and prayers. It was outright, hardcore worship. Not, Jesus is my boyfriend songs, but hardcore worshiping God when your life is falling apart, when you're worried about taking your next breath, when you're being charged by a lion, whatever it may be, whatever that lion may be, hardcore worship and power prayers. Maybe we just don't understand that prayer actually works.
1: In regards to the worship, which the Psalms are, so they're not just Prayers—they're worship songs, and they are prayers. So they're—they're they're both and. You listen, like you brought up the Jesus is my boyfriend type songs. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm so sick of that crap, man. When I so we just started our own thing called Cigars and Sermons, and it's just growing in houses, and we're just having a great time with it. I got sick of that again. It's just lame. It's syrupy. It's Jesus. It's my lover. He's my boyfriend. So I'm a dude. I got to do mental gymnastics for that to even tumble <laughs> off my tongue. And again, here it is. It's we've got a four, you know, hundred ton elephant that wants to hijack our nation and wants to teach your kids uh, that dressing up uh, your son, that dressing up like a chick and getting breast implants is fine, and God loves all that kind of garbage, and that pedophilia, according to professors at University of Pennsylvania, is cool even with one year old children, and the church is not singing anything that's got teeth. They're not preaching anything that got teeth that can uh, bite back against that BS. To me, I'm, I'm calling, there's something wrong with it. And Michelle, here's why I think it is. The reason they're avoiding the imprecatory Psalms, the reason that they're avoiding addressing these very pertinent and dastardly issues is because those little punks are scared of being unliked. Those little puppets are afraid of losing their 501 c 3 Uh, tax exempt status. And every one of them's a wussy. All of them should repent. And every one of them is going to be indicted at the judgment seat for curling up in the fetal position and wetting their stupid diaper when the nation was in a huge lurch and they did jack squat about it. So good luck when you die.
0: There's a church in Canada. Through the last two years, they stayed open. Their church was taken away from them. They met in sub-zero weather, snow piling up, and their church has quadrupled uh, they have grown even though they don't have a building anymore and they're meeting out in the snow because that's oh. what that's what is really living not just a feel good touchy feeling church club that you get oh. to be a member of but something that is real something that is powerful something that tears down powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and high places and puts god back on the throne you take on these prayers of power. And they address evildoers, evil leaders, the evil within us, people who would like to persecute. It's like going to war with our words. And it's the most peaceful, unifying, kind of thing that we can do. God's got the answers. When we come to prayer, there is unity and there is power. Let's talk about some of the prayers that you put in your book.
1: Yeah, and one of my favorite ones is uh, Psalm 2, not that the other ones suck or anything. I just love, especially with the, uh, in this day, because everybody's like, oh, look at our leaders. Ah, they hate God. And Christians are over there chewing their fingers to the nubs, like, what do we do? What do we do? And David said that in Psalm 2, when a leader in a country thinks that they're going to dispense with God and his will and his way, and they start mocking him and uh, in his word and his gracious moorings, this is a rough paraphrase, that God starts laughing at them. So you get these little piss ants with their little iPhones and their stupid little uh, dumb Marxist scheme, thinking how they're going to gut America. And how they're going to uh, get the church to be their little step and fetch? God looks at him and he just laughs at him. The Creator laughs at the creation. It's like you're going to do what? And so, so again, that just shows just that little piece of information shows that Satan and his ilk and and these created beings of the Creator they think they pose a threat to an Almighty God. And this is a message for the little Christian who thinks baby Jesus Christ, big antichrist, you've got to turn around your binoculars because God <laughs>, laughs at them. Now we think, oh my God, it's never going to be the same. Jesus rapture me now. God mocks those guys. So he laughs at them, uh, Michelle, and then he scoffs at them. Like, oh yeah, you want to play stupid? Then let's roll. And then he says that he takes a rod of iron and he smashes those leaders and he smashes those people that are brewing up some kind of plot that they can dispense with God. And then David says that God installs a righteous king in the unrighteous king's place. People are like, does it work? Well, hey, Christian, quit sweating this and understand that God sees he loves America more than than we do. He loves us more than we love ourselves. And he's not going to let evil triumph. If people show me one place in the scripture, especially in the Psalms, where evil gets the last laugh, where evil triumphs over good, I'll eat a flip in tube sock because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But in the Christian stupid, fetid, worrying tin brain, they think this is how it's supposed to be. Evil's supposed to get worse. And then the end comes and we're all raptured up to heaven where we can eat ice cream with Jesus, play harps, and walk around in white pinois. No, you stupid fool. We win in time, not just in eternity. And that. And people are like, look at all the bad stuff that's happening. If you've ever been in a street fight, or like I talked about with my lion hunt, before the clouds break and before the day dawns, it usually gets bad as hell until there comes a revival, a reformation, or a renaissance. And I see like in any kind of fight, when somebody really starts throwing the fist and and the feet, it's usually because they're about to get the shiitake mushrooms stuffed out of them. And this is like their last gasp Mm. effort. And so I see this massive encroachment into America and these nefarious players playing all over the world. I see they're desperate. I see they're absolutely desperate. And uh, desperation to me does not denote greatness or victory. It means you're about to get your clock clean. And I believe God's, I I believe he's going to do something in a supernatural way because the times demand it because there's a lot of stuff that we can't do because of who's sitting behind that desk where Bill boinked Monica. So there's not gonna be safe from a militaristic standpoint or from an economic aspect or from a national security standpoint because the people in 1600 Penn Ave are beholden to these nefarious actors around the world. So God's gotta come in And do some hoodoo, voodoo, crazy, holy magic ass kick because pretty much our hands are tied until he does something that just astounds people. And you know what, Michelle? He's in the business of blowing our minds. (laughs) There you go. I'm excited, man. I'm excited.
0: In the Bible, we're told to not grow weary of well-doing. And I think if you examine a lot of the prayers that you look into in your book the prayer did not give up they didn't say nothing's working god's not doing what i wanted okay never mind we have an instant gratification when i press the button the channel changes when i turn my computer on man if i have to wait for that blue freaking circle of death for more Mm. than three seconds man i'm i'm swearing at my okay i may not be swearing right. at my computer but once in a while let's just be honest we're sure. into instant gratification we look at god as our sugar daddy in the sky santa this is what i want we don't get what we want so we give up move on and we relinquish prayer to a well it's just a nice thought and we're just praying to something out there hopefully something better will come along when what the picture that you're painting is this is war this is weapons of mass intercession frankly i think we do grow weary of well-doing
1: yeah again and i think hit the nail on the heads because we're we're these little effeminized wussy american christians who again think that christ is there to be their flipping bellhop concierge or whatever to go get them a girl that looks like blake lively but has the heart of mother Teresa. Or if you're a girl to find you a Brad Pitt who has the heart of St. Francis of Assisi and God said, you know what? There's been a spiritual war brewing uh, since Adam and Eve and uh, welcome to the warfare, by the way, may I take your coat? And uh, a lot of Christians don't realize that there is a a spiritual war going on and uh, their lives do not belong to them. And I've been blessed extraordinarily, Michelle, I used to be a drug dealer and the life that I've lived now with six number one best-selling books. I've made a movie. I've had a nationally syndicated column for years, nationally syndicated radio. It's just stupid. I tell people all the time, it's like, if your Christianity's boring then you're freaking doing it wrong because mine's not. But all that said, all the perks that he's given me and stuff, uh, I'm not obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with making sure that I'm doing my assignment, which is two things. I'm a simple man. I'm here to put brains and balls on believers. You know what? When you're in a battle, you don't have the luxury to get weary.
0: Whoa, stop right there. That is so right on. That's worth not just a glaze over. That's worth, let's say that again for the people in the back of the room. When you're in war, you don't have the luxury of, hey, I'm going to just take five, maybe get my mani-pedi, and uh, you guys... Guys, just carry on with the war, hold my gun. That doesn't happen. Thank you very no. much for mentioning that.
1: Yeah, can Come you on. imagine that we live in great times? Everybody's, like, oh, it sucks. I wish I'd live back, you know, in the good old days. These are the good old days. This is a history changing epoch that there's very few people that have existed on this terra firma that have been blessed with the kind of Grand flux that uh, we're going through now from a global standpoint. And can you imagine that you take the big dirt nap, the audio snooze, the eternal siesta, and you rock up to the BEMA seat? There's uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they all look at you with eyes that are flame of fire and say, You selfish little dipstick. I could have utilized you to do incredible things to support people that were. Had a great vision to change the planet or to lead people to Christ or to change policy or affect education or the arts. And there you were, little look at me, I'm Sandra D, navel gazing, your little solipsistic Mariah Carey universe, being a self obsessed me monkey. And you didn't listen to my call. You didn't pay attention uh, to what was going on in this planet. You go sit in the nosebleeds way away from my ass kicking apostles and prophets in my badass biblical women.
0: So if there is a God, we would be remiss in realizing that he has a purpose. His purpose is written throughout the creation that we look up at. So when his word, which we can examine, pick apart and find flawless, we need to pay attention. And in that word, you point out psalms of war prayers that literally kick ass we could use those prayers today so in our final minutes together i thought you could pick out uh one of the prayers from the bible and talk about not only what it says but what happened in the real world as a result
1: yes yeah, so another another uh, favorite of mine is uh, psalm chapter 3 and in Psalm chapter 3, there's, there's a little preface to the psalm in the King James Version. And it was a psalm of David when he was fleeing from Absalom. Now, I don't know if you're hip to what went on with his son Absalom, but David boinked Bathsheba when he's like in his 50s. So he commits adultery with Bathsheba. And by the way, ladies, who bathes naked on top of a roof in eyeshot of the king's bedroom? Anyway, so Bathsheba and David, they bump uglies. David covers it up with a conspiracy, successful conspiracy to kill Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. And then, Nathan comes and confronts him and says, Hey, God saw that. And guess what? You're going to have hell in your family, but I'm going to save you, but you're going to have hell in your household. And and by the way, the kid's going to die that you got uh, Bathsheba knocked up with. So fast forward about 20 years, Absalom's trying to take David's throne. David's undergoing judgment because, again, he committed adultery. So most people who commit adultery and conspire to have somebody killed successfully and who have huge family problems, they're really not that confident anymore. They usually feel guilty and stupid and like, my bad. and Why did I do that 20 years ago type stuff? David didn't roll like that. Listen to this psalm. It says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? many are they that rise up against me many there be which of my soul there's no help from him and god so he's got people saying god's against you and he said that there's a lot of people coming against him and just listen to the boldness in this but thou o lord art a shield to me my glory and the lifter of my head i cried to the lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill i lay down and slept i awoke for the lord sustains me again He's sleeping. He's taking a flipping nap and people are trying to murder him, his own family. And he's not lost his confidence, Michelle, that God is still for him. After he blew it, we're talking really blowing it. Adultery and murder. This wasn't like, oh, I lied on my taxes. No, this is some serious stuff. And then David said, he goes, I'll not be afraid of 10,000s of people who've set themselves against me round. Rise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord and his blessings on his people. So here David is. He should be this guilt-addled little hamster moron who just lives in the shade of shame all of his life. But he said, God supports me still. And Lord, all these people that are against me, I'm not going to fear. Go break their teeth. In Jesus' name and Christian love, of course.
0: (laughs) And what happened?
1: Absalom got his hair caught in an oak tree. And uh, yeah, he expired and all the people that were trying to kill him got routed. And again, this came from intercept. If you want your little world to change and you got enemies galore, and you've got things that, you know, that are holy, just, and good that God wants you to do. And you're going through flipping opposition, maybe in your head, cause some bad crap you did in your past. Don't sweat it. Just start praying, start uh, describing your world, start declaring what God wants. And next thing you know, your enemies are hanging in an oak tree by their hair.
0: All right, I've got a short list. Uh, we, uh, We have a power that we can't even imagine in prayer. And you get us girded up for battle in Psalm of war prayers that literally kick ass i would encourage as you are listening or reading or watching get the book there's a link at mymichellelive.com. when you read the psalm there's something powerful in taking the psalm and and praying it over your life we were placed here for such a time as this i would say doug we're here for a reason rather than spending our time binge watching netflix and uh, getting our deliveries from amazon maybe it's time for us to take the place that we were meant to take to get on our knees and do battle for our freedom for our lives for our families and for our future and just to get you started in the right direction get crazy with it. Read Psalms of War, prayers that literally kick ass from my new friend, Doug Giles. Doug, thanks for joining us. I'll give you the final word.
1: No, thank you, Michelle. And and, uh, I'll echo your sentiments is when you read these prayers, uh, pray it like your butts in the same sling that David's was.
0: I like it. <laughs> you might as well. I think my butt is at times. So thank you again for joining us. Like us, share us, and uh, for get more the book, fun, go to Psalms of War.